0: Finding a service solution that helps you keep customers happy can feel impossible, just like trying to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at a networking event. HubSpot's all-new service hub can help, with the service solution part at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform, with an AI-powered help desk and chatbot to handle your frontline tickets, so you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com slash service to learn more.
1: What's going on, everyone? It's Wednesday, April 5th. I'm Zachary Crockett here with Rob Litterst, and you are listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're talking about Clubhouse. You may remember a few years ago, the social audio app was the talk of the town. They raised $310 million. They had millions of users. They even had an exclusive interview with Oprah but now they're a shadow of what they once were. Rob and I are going to dig into the decline of social audio. But first, let's talk about what else is going on
2: in the world of business and tech. Rob, what do you got? All right, Zach. The first thing that I'm looking at is some big news in streaming. First, with HBO, It looks like they are trying to cast a spell on audiences with a seven season Harry Potter TV show. So I'm guessing the seven seasons are kind of mapped after the seven books, which makes a ton of sense. And honestly, I think this will absolutely crush. It's unclear if J.K. Rowling is going to be super involved with production, but this just seems like an absolute no brainer, right? Sure. On the other side of that, there's Amazon's Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, which if you remember, they spent over $500 million to produce. A new report came out that said only 37% of Americans who started streaming the series actually finished it. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Not exactly what you want to see.
1: Not a good omen for the Potter series.
2: (laughs) No, no, not at all. You know, I feel like Potterheads are pretty devout. True. I guess we'll see. Next thing I'm looking at is jobs. So US job openings dipped to 9.9 million in February. It's the first drop below 10 million since May of 2021. And some sectors, especially in the service industry, remain really tight. Lastly, this is a big one. This is really interesting to me and I think kind of a smart move. So L'Oreal, which you obviously know L'Oreal, great shampoo. Lots of other products, I'm sure. They spent $2.5 billion to acquire luxury skin and body brand Aesop. Have you ever used any Aesop products, Zach?
1: No, the only Aesop product I've used is Aesop's Fables. (laughs) Love
2: that. (laughs) So Aesop has this like super high end like moisturizers, candles, soaps, like Uh all that sort of stuff. And all I know is like I have a couple of friends who have like Aesop hand lotion in their bathroom Uh and it smells incredible. This stuff is like amazing. All right, Zach, what are you looking at? So, Charlie Javis. I don't know if you remember this
1: name, but a few months ago, she was accused by the Department of Justice of basically lying her way into an acquisition from J.P. Morgan Chase. She said she had 4.25 million student customers with her company, Frank. In reality, she only had about 300,000. Uh, big exaggeration there. Yeah. Well, she was arrested for that. You know, maybe a, a lesson in the "fake it till you make it" kind of tech approach.
2: Yeah, this is crazy. And I just saw a tweet outlining four Forbes 30 under 30 winners, which includes Charlie Javis, Caroline Ellison, who is the CEO of Alameda Research, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sam bankman fried who obviously you know, and Elizabeth Holmes, who is the CEO of Theranos. (laughs) All four of them were on the 30 under 30 list. All four of them are either in jail or probably going to end up in jail.
1: Oh man, that is ridiculous. All right. Sort of reversing the uh, desirability of being on that cover. <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah, the exactly. reverse Jim Cramer index or something. Exactly,
2: exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. Other news, Virgin Orbit, they have filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. They were unable to secure funding. And, you know, they've had a few successful missions, but this first UK rocket launch failed and it sort of sent stock sinking. So they're in trouble. And lastly, voting is open for the 27th annual Webby Awards. The nominees include NASA, HBO, Cirque du Soleil, and also My First Million, our other podcasts on this network. Also, Metallica and Stranger Things have scored a nomination for the best collaboration. So we'll keep an eye on those and and see what happens. But today, we're talking about Clubhouse. Rob, you and I wrote about Clubhouse a lot in the daily newsletter. They were sort of a darling for some time there. Can you just paint a picture for me of just how crazy the Clubhouse talk got at its peak?
2: Yeah, I think the thing that was crazy about Clubhouse for me is like, I I can't remember the last time that I had a bunch of friends like sending me invites to an app. Yeah. I think they had this kind of like exclusivity play where you had to be invited. And I think that kind of like got people excited about it, it made it aspirational and it drew a lot of initial interest. I remember seeing like all of these think pieces about how Clubhouse was going to take over and like yeah. Andreessen Horowitz was going to ha- like have this massive winner on its hands and mm-hmm. it was going to change the course of audio. And it's just really interesting because I feel like by the time I finally got in, Clubhouse had gotten really quiet <laughs> and it seems like it's even gotten quieter.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, a lot of that, Hype you just mentioned, I mean, they raised, you know, more than $300 million. Yeah. Something like 10 million registered users. Crazy. And it wasn't just Clubhouse. Like for a while, everyone sort of jumped into this so-called social audio game. You had, you know, Reddit and Meta and Spotify and all these other people sort of emulating the Clubhouse model. It was going to be this big
2: new thing, right? So I remember like Spotify acquired an app called Locker Room, Mm -hmm. which was all about social audio. And it sounded like social audio was just like this new big thing. And I I think it's kind of interesting, like, you know, obviously podcasting has blown up live streaming, I think is big on video and it's even bigger in places like China than it is in the U S so it's kind of like this combination of like passive listening, like you can listen while you're walking or whatever Mm -hmm. and tune into these kind of insidery conversations. I know like Twitter Spaces was getting kind of hot there for a second. Like a lot of tech people were jumping on Twitter Spaces to talk about like new and innovative things were happening in tech. So I think it is kind of an interesting idea. It seems like the actual market for it is a lot smaller than yeah. what people were originally anticipating. Yeah. And uh, the, the proof of
1: that basically is that, you know, a lot of those clubhouse emulators that we just mentioned tanked before Clubhouse did. Reddit got rid of its talk feature last month. Meta's social audio products were just wiped off the Facebook app recently. And this week, Spotify Live shuttered as a standalone app. Also, there hasn't really been that much activity on Twitter Spaces, which is another sort of product of the Clubhouse boom. Totally. And even though Clubhouse is kind of faltering right now, it is sort of one of the last standing relics of the social audio
2: boom. That is true. It's kind of like the category as a whole is going down. But if there's one winner, it's (laughs) still Clubhouse. (laughs) The stakes are just a lot smaller.
1: So let's talk about the Clubhouse decline. You said you were in there recently and it was pretty quiet. What are their numbers looking like now?
2: Yeah. So these days, apparently they have about 200,000 monthly users. As a company, I think Clubhouse is running pretty lean. They have around 100 employees. Hmm. They do say that they have years of cash in the bank. I would hope so with $300 million in funding. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I I don't feel like this um, drop off in usage just happened. They've seen this happening. They know that it's happening. I would imagine they have a lot of money to try to figure out what the heck to do with this thing. But yeah, they still have you know, 200,000 people who are using the app monthly, mm-hmm. but some of the roles that have been cut over the last year from a leadership perspective are definitely a little bit concerning. So if you look at it, the information did this report yeah. and found that various heads were let go, including the head of strategic partnerships, the head of monetization, the head mm-hmm. of global marketing, head of international news, sports, brand development. So it kind of seems like they're at a point right now where they're really just restarting and trying to figure out what the heck Clubhouse is actually going to be.
1: Yeah. And you know, 200,000 may sound pretty good, but in social media, that's like peanuts. You don't yeah. want 200,000 monthly users.
2: Totally. I mean, what? how many users does Twitter have? The last I saw, Twitter had around like 450 million monthly active users. Yeah. And in the world of social media, like you said, like 400 million monthly active users is yeah. nothing compared to Facebook or Instagram. Sure. Sure.
1: So what is it about social audio do you think that's failed to ignite the masses like it did two years ago? Maybe it was like we were missing sort of more intense IRL social interaction during the pandemic. And now we're actually going out and seeing our friends again, and we don't need to go in these virtual chat rooms with people.
2: I think that's probably part of it. I also think about like my own habits and workflow and how I listen to podcasts. And a lot of the time, A podcast will get downloaded, I'll save it and I'll listen to it a few days later. Right. Yeah. So just thinking about that, it's like, I would really need to be interested to jump on something like in the moment as it's happening Mm -hmm. to listen in real time. Right. And I think like that being able to listen whenever you want is maybe one of the strongest features of podcasts. I think that's kind of what differentiates it from radio as well as like, yeah. you know, you can literally listen to a podcast anytime and get that same kind of like high quality audio depending on what you're listening to. And I think Clubhouse eventually started offering the ability to listen to recorded conversations and stuff. But I don't know. I just think it's a tall order to get people to actually carve out time and set aside time to listen to something live.
1: Yeah, True. And I also wonder how interesting these conversations actually were. Right. You know, a lot of the clubhouse invitations I saw in the early days were just like, you know, five dudes sitting around talking about bored apes or something. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like the promise was that we'd be led into these, you know, secret worlds, as you said, and you'd sort of have an inside connection to listening to VCs talk about their job or something. But I think a lot of the conversations ended up, you know, you'd go in these highly coveted chat rooms and it would just be like the most boring shit going on.
2: Right. Exactly. I think that's totally true.
1: Maybe it just didn't live up to its promise, partly, too.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I think the nature of live audio is the quality is probably going to be worse than mm-hmm. recorded audio. Sure. We know sure. this from recording this podcast. Like, our editors save our lives every day. Yeah. You don't want to hear us before Robert gets his hands on the file. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, what, you're going to listen to these guys just kind of ranting? Like If you want to listen to the guys who are like really going crazy in Clubhouse, which I think is... Guys like Jason Kalkanis, David Sachs, and yeah. um the guys who do the all in podcast. Like just listen to their podcast. Like the conversations are gonna be way tighter. Um, the arguments are gonna be better. I don't know. Thinking about live audio, I think in theory it sounds pretty cool because it's like, oh, this breaking news just hit, like, let's pull in like five people who can really talk about it. But at the end of the day, I just think like we've moved so far from Live programming, at least Mm. in the US, like nobody watches appointment television anymore. I've actually actively tried to get back into it with Succession just because I think it's cool to like set aside an hour every Sunday. Sure. But we've moved so far from that. Like everything is on demand now. And it seems like Clubhouse is just kind of going in the opposite direction. I would love it if we went back to appointment stuff like this. I kind of like yearn for those days sometimes, but Mm. I just don't know if Clubhouse is the answer.
1: Yeah. Well, at the same time, you sort of have the rise of unscripted television and, you know, a lot of creator content on YouTube is just totally unscripted and almost improvisational. So I could see the value of tapping into these sort of more raw conversations that aren't edited and pared down. It's a great point. Rob, do you see yourself hopping in any clubhouse conversations anytime soon?
2: I don't, man. We were talking before this, Zach. I haven't even been listening to a lot of podcasts lately. So I'm not going to be the guy to revive social audio. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) All right. Are you? I don't think so, man. I never even accepted the invite
1: to Clubhouse. That
2: is the ultimate play right there. Boss move. (laughs) Yeah. I see your exclusivity. I don't want any part of it. You can keep your invite. I'm very happy just hanging out here. Thank you very much. Yeah.
1: I'll stay over here uh, talking to myself. So. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning into The Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig. He's the guy who makes us sound good. And our executive producer is Derek Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage for you in our newsletter. If you are not a subscriber, you can go find it over at the hustle.co slash email. we
0: will catch you all tomorrow.